Welcome to With That Being Said, a podcast on life, love, and everything in between. I'm so glad you've decided to join the conversation. Hi, I'm Esther Boykin. And I'm Erica Turner. With that being said, let's heal our shit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so today's guest, I love I love the tagline. I just I love that whole idea that Yeah, I heard taglines wake up, be brave, heal your shit, do what you love. So those are all things that we can definitely get behind here. Yes. And yeah, I really like her because it's clear that she's so excited about what she does. She's so enthusiastic about bringing it to other people. Um, and it's always great to work with somebody or to speak with somebody who is excited about what they do. Like that energy is very infectious and contagious. It definitely is. And um, it's exactly how I, I feel. Like I, I love what we do. And you're so right. I love having guests who bring that kind of energy, that just that passion, like what I do is the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's sad because that's rare. It is. <laughs> and so when you get around somebody like that, you're like, it pumps you up. And, you know, yeah, I also love what we do, too. So it even brings, like, my own, like, new enthusiasm, regenerates my own excitement for the work that we do. So definitely. So let's bring her on. <laughs> Today's guest is Laura Probert. Laura is a physical therapist, an expert healer, teacher, and writer for people who are sick of pain and fear getting in the way of their joy. I really love her work because she is serious about integrating mind, body, and soul as a path to healing. She's a regular contributor to lots of cool places like the Huffington Post, Mind Body Green, Wild Sister Magazine, the Elephant Journal. I love the Elephant Journal. And today we are going to talk about awareness. Hi, Laura. So hey. excited to have you. Oh, thanks for having me. So, you know, I love this topic and the link between awareness and healing is really powerful. Um, I will say, I think sometimes it feels a little woo-woo, for lack of a better word, um, just for people who are not kind of in our circle, who don't spend a lot of time talking about things like healing and wellness, um, sometimes they hear the term awareness, and while they probably can define it, they don't really understand what we're talking about or that concept. How do you describe awareness to people who might shy away from it as something either too philosophical or just sort of outside of their normal sphere of consciousness? Well, I think that it's described differently with different words, and those different words might resonate with different people. Um, mindfulness comes to mind. Um, and I teach it every day in my physical therapy practice, where I start with awareness is feeling the body. And everybody can relate to, to feeling the body. At least most people can relate to that. So that is where I start people on their journey of practice of awareness is what do you feel and it's kind of funny and interesting sometimes I get the response nothing I don't know <laughs> so <clears throat> I have to direct them back into their own ability to feel what they feel so awareness is I think about stepping out side of yourself a little bit it's both inside yourself what you feel but you have to 
step outside yourself to understand what it is without attaching to what it is. So it's looking at your thoughts, feelings, sensations, emotions, and being aware of how those feel inside of you. That's basically how I define it. Totally makes sense. It really sounds like sort of talking about becoming an observer of your own inner experience, learning how to just pay attention in some ways. Definitely. That's all it really is, is paying attention to what you're experiencing, what you're noticing. And if you're, uh, I call it a lot of the times when I write about this topic, I'll say, you know, when you lock yourself up in that box in your head, you are out of your body and you're not going to be aware. So what that means to me is that you're thinking about everything, but you've lost your connection or your awareness to how you're feeling. You know, I was on a talk yesterday, a little uh, call, and the there was a line that I loved about this. And she said, take the story out of the feeling and bring the feeling into your heart. So everything besides what we feel is just a story about what we feel. So when you can start to separate those two, you are well on your way to awareness. I love that. I think that's a really great, um, it's just a great visual of what happens. It's something I talk about quite a bit too is when people often come to my office, one of the things they want to learn to do or they want their partner to learn to do is how to control their feelings. And a lot of times I actually use that term is we just need to learn how to change the story about why I feel the way I feel. The feeling doesn't get to change, but when we move away from sort of being so attached to those thoughts we have about why this is my experience or why I feel that way, it becomes so much easier to just feel it and, and move forward and, and come at it from a different perspective, which it sounds like a little bit of what you're talking about there too. Yes, exactly. When you drop the thoughts, everything but the feeling drops away and things become a bit more simple, simple and more difficult. Because as you know, to feel your feelings means that you have to give yourself permission to, to be vulnerable. And while the ideas are simple here, it is not easy to be vulnerable and feel your feelings, especially when they are some of the more intense ones. Absolutely. So I'm going to ask the question (laughs) that I get asked all the time, which is, so why bother? (laughs) It's so hard. It doesn't feel good. Why bother? Why do we go through the trouble of being more aware? For you, what is that connection to healing and, and what are the other benefits? It's everything. So I get all fired up about this. Why bother? Because it is the difference between living a life that feels eh and living a life that feels magical to get a little woo-woo on you there. Um, Magical can mean, you know, a lot of different things to different people. But for me, it's just been about feeling alive uninhibited and free and understanding what I really want in life and going for it. So that's a big deal. That's, that's why it matters. 
Absolutely. You know, I can get just as fired up. I love that, you know, I mean, I always love that topic and it always seems worthwhile. Um, Something I have found myself saying quite often lately is, you know, feelings are not a buffet. We don't get to pick and choose. And so exactly what you're talking about is magical. It is to really experience everything that's amazing about life and relationships. We have to be willing to, you know, you got to eat the the spinach from the buffet <laughs> if you want to have the uh, the chocolate cake on the other side. You can't if you don't have the spinach, you don't get the cake, and that's sort of how it works. Is um, without awareness, we don't just miss out on what's hard; we miss out on what's good. Yes, exactly. What, you know, one of my healing gurus, John F. Barnes, he's the founder of the Myofascial Release center, his quote is, without awareness, there is no choice. So you want choices. Choices are, you know, are what we're after here. So if you don't have awareness, you feel like you're a victim. You feel sort of um, controlled by your life rather than you being able to make choices and move towards the things you really want. And, you know, awareness is is directly related to healing. So a lot of the times I'll tell people if you can't find another reason, you know, why to, to bother, why this matters, you know, what if your awareness had to do with just plain and simply your physical healing? What if you have an injury or a pain or a strain or a tightness or something that's been really bugging you and you, you haven't really been able to figure out how to feel better. Well, awareness is step number one. So that makes it easy for people, I think, sometimes. Uh, yes. Giving people that sort of tangible thing to hold on to where you can focus on a, a spot, a place, and say, oh, this is going to help me heal that physical thing that's going on. Are there any... Um, like a favorite story or a favorite moment where you just go, yes, this is what I'm talking about um, in terms of that connection between awareness and healing. Oh my goodness. A favorite moment. They're all good. (laughs) (laughs) There's, there really are so many. And lately I've been paying attention, right? I, I have been in a fierce practice of this awareness and my life becomes a string of these magical moments because I'm paying attention to what's around me. That's available to everyone. And I'll give you just a funny little example. Uh, I'm not sure what it is for you, but in my life, when the universe is sending me a little sign, a little message, it comes in the form of birds. And not only any birds, but really, really big ones. (laughs) So... So I'm driving on my way to uh, drop my son off for baseball practice. And I was rushing a little because I wanted to get home to be on this call. And I knew I was going to miss the first part of it. And I was, oh, whatever, you know, so I was a little grumpy. And I stop at the stoplight and out of the corner of my eye, catch this large shadow in the air. And sure enough, this hawk flies directly over my windshield slow enough for me to like, you know, put my neck up under and look at him and catch all his beautiful colors. And so I know that, that this story may not sound related to what we're talking about with awareness, but for me, noticing moments like that 
it's more than just watching a bird fly by. I mean, that was a little message for me to just slow down, relax. Everything is perfect. You'll get home for the call. No problem. And so I think everybody has ways to pay attention in their life to their different signs. Mm-hmm. You get what I mean there? I absolutely do. And I love that. And I think, and for everybody, it's a little bit different. Um, yeah. But there is, there's sort of these moments in our, in our day-to-day life that is just that reminder of slow down and tune in, you know, come back yeah. to sort of what's really happening in the moment. Yes, I call I call that I call her the inner warrior because you kind of well at least I have had to fight for my awareness. There's a lot of things that come in and block it up, a lot of self-doubt. And so you have to really, you know, fight to be aware on a on a day-to-day basis and it takes a little bit of a, a warrior to do that. So that inner warrior space is that space where you're now noticing everything. And that's why earlier I used the word magical, because when you start to notice everything, your life really does start to change and transform. Absolutely. I love that. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because I know you're working on the third warrior journal, um, which I have the first one, which I love. And so I wanted you to just... Tell everybody a little bit about the Warrior Journal series and what you're working on in the third one and and how that really fits in with the whole awareness. Because to me, I feel like it's such a great tool for people who want to get into more of a practice of being aware. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So my, you know, my passion is writing and I've journaled since I was a teenager. So to have this project come alive is like a complete dream for me to actually create a journal for people to use has been amazing. Um, the idea started a couple of years back when I came home from a course. It was a healing course, and I ended up reading one of the poems I had written to that class of over 200 people. It's probably the largest group of people I ever spoke to. And I left there being called a poet for the first time in my life, and I thought, oh, wow, you know maybe this is something I should keep doing. (laughs) And um, after that healing experience, I actually had probably over two, three dozen poems come out of me in the months after. And I started thinking about what I wanted to do with them. And this journal idea came and I knew I wanted to pair the poems with artwork But I also wanted this book to be a journal so that you all could write in it or draw or paint or whatever. So Warrior Love was born. And when the the vision of this journal project came to me, it was actually in in a set of three. So the second journal was Warrior Joy. And the third one coming out the end of this year is called Warrior Soul. And they all have the same tagline it's the full title is warrior soul a journal to inspire your fiercely alive whole self (laughs) it's a long title but a good title (laughs) yes (laughs) and I think you know writing is a way to healing and 
through you bring the emotions and feelings that are inside of you outside onto the page. And there's something that happens in that process. It's been very, very powerful for me. And so I know that I meant now to help other people with that, to, to help teach them that process, uh, teach them that tool of awareness. I love that. And, um, and I'm really excited, which I haven't um, had a chance to learn more about, but I know that you have an online course, Writing for Warrior Healing. Um, tell us a little bit about the course and, and just a little bit more about sort of writing as a process towards deeper awareness um, and obviously deeper awareness being part of the work towards healing both our physical bodies and our emotional experiences. Yeah, because you can't separate the two. So I think a lot of my healing journey has been understanding that you can't separate mind and body and then helping people with tools to do the healing that is integrative. And so writing has been that for me, but I wanted to tie it into the things that I was teaching in my healing practice, the body awareness stuff. So I started to combine the the topics of awareness with guided body awareness tools and then writing prompts that tied into that. And I'm telling you, it has been amazingly powerful, profound. The, The different aha moments that people are having in their five-minute writing prompt exercises have have really blown me away. I knew I had something with it because I had already gone through the process of this in myself. So I knew, and I think my big question was, how can I teach this to people? And so the course that I ran for the first time this past month was four weeks long. Everybody got a lesson every week that they worked through. It was an audio lesson that they could listen to and do in their own time. And every week we had a theme. So the first week, of course, was awareness. And the second week we talked about the inner critic, which is really just a deeper way to move into your awareness, understanding those voices that we hear, those messages that we give ourselves Um, We moved on to using fear as a compass for the third session. And that probably is my favorite one of the whole course. The topic of fear and helping people move through and transform fear is amazing and loaded. And uh, I love it. I saw a lot of different, again, little moments with people who are moving through it and really recognizing things they had never understood about themselves before. And the last lesson in that course, I titled it Flipping the Switch to the Magic because it's great to have these tools and understand this stuff inside yourself, but then what do you do with it, right? How do you you make the transformation and how do you make the changes in your life that you want to make? So that was my week four of the course. It's been awesome. I'm in love with my own course. I want to spread it around the world. (laughs) Well, it sounds awesome. And I especially like week four because I think so often, you know, I see it, I think, particularly as a therapist, the discourse around understanding tools and understanding ourselves is so important. But if we don't 
have that extra push to really start to make it real in our lives, then sort of what's the point? What was the point of all of this other work and, you know, and challenge? And so I love that you kind of help people wrap it up and sort of say, okay, now this is how we start to make this real and and tangible in our lives every day. So I love it. I think it's super exciting. Um, I am so glad that you came on today and talked with us about awareness. Lots of really good stuff. And um, hopefully if people want to learn more, you want to find out more about the Writing for Warrior Healing course, um, pick up a copy of any of the Warrior Journals, or maybe you need all three, um, you can visit Laura at www.lauraprobert.com. You can also find her on Facebook, which I totally love the Facebook page, Kick-Ass Warrior Goddess. <laughs> you won't forget that one. <laughs> and you can follow her on Twitter at LiveHealTKD. Laura, thank you so much for coming on today and for sharing your insights. I think it's just really great stuff that um, hopefully people will be thinking about for a while is how do I get to be more aware and and how impactful that can be in in healing life and in feeling better. Oh, thank you so much for letting me talk about all my favorite things. <laughs> it's all my favorite it things so too. Fun. <laughs> and I can't wait to hear more of your interviews. This is a really great idea. Thank you for picking me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for saying yes. It's always great to have somebody really amazing on. So Thanks. Um, And just for everybody, again, it's lauraprobert.com. Definitely check it out. There's lots of really great stuff for you to um, dive into there. I feel like that was such a great conversation with Laura. I mean, there was so much good stuff. So one of the things I really liked about this interview with Laura was her talking about um, bodily awareness and particularly about sort of locating emotions in the body because this is something that comes up with clients all the time. All the time. All the time. <laughs> that you, well, I or you, one of us, um, will ask a client to sort of, you know, describe what a feeling feels like in their body. Like, right, where does anxiety, you know, come out for you? Do you feel it as tightness in your chest or do you feel it as, you know, um, your thoughts racing or your hands clenching or whatever? And often people have a really difficult time um, identifying where those emotions are located in their body. Um, and so, you know, I'm a big, pro- big proponent of doing sort of mindfulness practices to mm-hmm. sort of get in touch with where things are happening in your body. And I know it sounds totally, what is your word? Woo woo. <laughs> it's very like therapisty and new agey and, Mindfulness was definitely one of those things like I was not a big fan of when it first came out because it just sounded silly to me. But (laughs) there's an overwhelming amount of research talking about how helpful it is. So I had to just give up my, you know, hesitation about it. Um, But yeah, it's really important to understand how sort of your experiences connect with your body. Like as much as we are in our heads all the time and it feels like that's where all the action is, like we are still physical creatures and these things are still happening within the context of our body. And if we don't have awareness of that, we have trouble. I think it it contributes to people not knowing exactly what they're feeling, not quite understanding it, not knowing, you know, why they feel so tense or 
why they're getting like, you know, the like knots in their back and that kind of stuff. Because they're not really sort of checked in to the physical experience of their lives. They're sort of just, we're often just running around in our heads, kind of like mice in little cages. But (laughs) our bodies... Our bodies are still there, like, hey, pay attention to I'm me. I'm here. I need things. Yeah. No, I think that's such an important point. Um, and just that mind-body connection, which, of course, like, I feel like I'm on the woo-woo train for, like, everyone who is not sort of into, like, <laughs> wellness and therapists and feelings and all of that stuff. But it is really important. I think a lot of times if we tune into our bodies, we can find out things faster right than if we spend all this time analyzing which is such an odd thing to say as a therapist because i spend a lot of time in my head as i know you do right part of the job there's a lot of thinking but i think it is important um both from a clinical standpoint and just in day-to-day life like getting out of your head getting back into your body um like that full body experience um you know i loved i love what laura said about um the storytelling yeah she had that great quote about um take the story out of the feeling and bring the feeling into your heart mm-hmm. and just the importance of you know it's not just how we feel it's the narrative that we tell ourselves about how we feel um that really is powerful for us and really drives our behavior i think in sometimes ways that we don't realize or that we don't acknowledge or fully understand um and sort of embracing instead of you know i think one of the things one of the core things about mindfulness is accepting whatever feelings come up and being present with those feelings without without sort of the storytelling around it like you can get to a point where you you do you will need to say some sort of narrative around powerful emotions or difficult emotions Mm -hmm. but i think we have to start by allowing allowing ourselves to feel them first um because especially with things like, for instance, with clients, I've had clients who, and we were just kind of talking about this, clients who maybe had a breakup and maybe the relationship didn't really last that long, but they're really, you know, upset by this breakup and they feel like they shouldn't feel that way, right? Like, right. they'll tell you, like, I shouldn't be this upset. We were only together for a month. Like, I shouldn't be, you know, this sad or tearful. And, and I'm, you know, sort of saying, like, don't shit on yourself. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> However you feel is how you feel. And it, it doesn't matter. Your heart doesn't sort of take the math to go, okay, I was with this person for four months, so I should feel this level of sad. Like, yeah. However this person touched you or disappointed you or whatever, that's how, that's the impact on you. And, and to start off by acknowledging those feelings instead of turning away from them is going to benefit you far more in the long run than to sit there and say, I shouldn't be this upset or I shouldn't be this upset or I yes. shouldn't be this angry. Um, that's all really just delaying you sort of <laughs> feeling through and getting to the other side. It really is. And it's interesting because I feel like a lot of times people do that with the mindset that they are not allowing their emotions to run their life. Right. And most of the time, as soon as you start saying, I shouldn't feel this, so I'm not going to feel it. That's the moment you start allowing your emotions to run your life because rather than accepting and being simply aware that this is what I'm experiencing, you shove it into this corner. And so you don't pay attention. And as soon as you stop paying attention to how you feel, 
that's what starts driving the train. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like it just sort of takes over. And then all of a sudden you're making all of these sort of these decisions and these choices and behaving in ways that don't make a lot of sense to you because you've chosen not to pay attention to right. this feeling or to say that feeling is somehow wrong. Yeah. I, I will say to clients, like your emotions leak out. They can't help it. Like your mm-hmm. body is sort of sending you these messages like, pay attention. I need help. Or, you know, I need you to pay attention to this. Yeah. And so if it can't, if you won't address it directly, it'll leak out in ways that maybe aren't the best ways. Mm-hmm. And you may find yourself sobbing uncontrollably somewhere that you didn't want to be sobbing uncontrollably. Yeah. like Because you didn't give it the space. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they tell you they're out of like, you know, pumpkin spice syrup for your latte and now you're sobbing and it doesn't make a lot of sense. Except that, you know, for the last three weeks, you've been denying yourself the room to cry a little bit about something that you think shouldn't make you so sad or so upset. Exactly. And if you just gave yourself that space, then this other minor mishap or disappointment wouldn't feel so traumatic. It's like your body and your emotional self starts looking for the trigger. Right. Like, okay, so what can happen that you will allow me to fully express these feelings? Right. Yeah. It reminds me, and and this moment really stuck out for me in, in college, we were in the cafeteria, um, one of the cafeterias on campus, and this girl, she tripped and she tripped and she dropped her lunch tray and her lunch went everywhere. And she just started sobbing, just sobbing, like on the floor, mm-hmm. sobbing in front of, you know, hundreds of people. Yeah. And, you know, it was this moment where it's like, clearly, I highly doubt this girl was sobbing because her lunch was on the floor. Like, sure, that's embarrassing and, and not right. the best thing, but... I'd imagine that was just the final straw. Like, that was the thing yes. she couldn't take anymore. Yes. Like, now I've dropped my lunch on the floor in front of everybody, and now I just, I cannot hold it back anymore. Yeah. So, you know, get in touch with your emotions, or you'll be crying on the floor with your lunch. With the watching you and still remembering it 10 years later. <laughs> right, which is that whole piece of basically <laughs> heal your shit. Yeah. I mean, it... That's what it really boils down to. And is I think sometimes we're really afraid of being so overwhelmed by what we feel. Right. Um, which is really where that mindfulness piece comes in is kind of is that learning how to not become so overwhelmed. And what often we're overwhelmed with is the story. It's the narrative about I'm so sad this person broke up with me or, you know, whatever right. disappointment happened in life. This way or, and then know, we start to tell I these really negative stories. Find anyone. Right. Whatever story you've told yourself that may not be beneficial to you. Yeah. Learning how to observe that and kind of step back and go, okay, I'm feeling this thing and I'm just going to let it like run its course. And, you know, like, you know, sometimes I'll say in the office, which... Thankfully, most of my clients seem to find helpful. I'm like, no one's cried themselves to death. I mean, I'm amazed at the number of people who come in and apologize to me for crying. Oh, like, yeah. If you can't cry in therapy, where are you supposed to cry in your life? Like, yes. There has got to be a space for this. Yes, like, absolutely. You can come and cry for an hour, and that's totally fine. Like, I'll get an extra box of tissues. We're good. Yeah. Like, just do it. We because, have lots of tissues. It's cool. Yeah, because it is. It is. It is a way of saying something's not okay. And sometimes we just have to let it out before we move back to the piece of getting back in our heads and sort of analyzing, so what is it that's happening that's not okay with us? Right. Absolutely. Which I think is cool. So, all right. So, it's time for 
RLW, read, listen, watch. Hooray. Yay. All right. What do you have for us today? Because you always have something good. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of pressure when you say that. Okay. Um, So you have something mediocre today? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have something um, that is not therapy or related or psychology related really um it is another podcast fun podcast i know um but it is called uh the song exploder or song exploder podcast oh i've never heard of this so essentially what they do is they take a song and they um they speak to either the composer or the artist whomever it is depending Mm -hmm. on what type of song it is and have them break down how they put the song together. Oh. So this morning I was listening to one on the Game of Thrones theme. Do you watch Game of yeah. Thrones? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so they had the I'm composer. still in season one, so don't judge me. But I am watching. <laughs> I'm totally judging you right now, but that's okay. You, at least you know the theme. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so they they met with the composer and he broke down like, these little elements of how that theme sort of ties together and how it ties back to the show and how it relates to what the show means and all of that kind of stuff. So it's super interesting. I'm always wondering, like, how do you have no musical ability, like, whatsoever? Me either. None. None. It's terrible. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. So it's really interesting to hear like how musicians put together a song, how they make it a cohesive thing. And it's also interesting because we were talking about stories, the narrative that they have around their pieces. Like one of the things the guy talked about for the game of Thrones piece was he talked about using the cello because it is a dark sounding instrument. Oh, and that's like something I would never think about. But then I, they played the the theme at the end. I was like, yeah, that totally makes sense. Like, Game of Thrones is this really, like, dark, and intense thing, like a cello. That's the sound. That's the sound. That yeah. totally makes sense. So, Well, I'm really definitely, yeah, that sounds really interesting. I'm definitely going to check that out. I like that. Um, I think it is, yeah, I would totally get into that, because I also have zero musical talents. And, I mean, if there's one talent, you know, people ask you these random questions, like, if you could have any talent in the world, what would it be? It would totally be musical ability. Yeah. Like, I just am always like amazed and impressed and you know I have my brother my son plays guitar my husband plays drum my brother is like amazing he's a great guitar player and you know does all this like composing and sound engineering and all this really interesting stuff and like it is such a skill that I'm jealous of yeah definitely, definitely. and that would I would totally get into that that would be very interesting to me well my skill would be to dance so we could be like a nice little duet Oh, my God. Because if I'm choosing musical abilities, that means I still can't dance. <laughs> so you can dance. So like, I'll make a pair. Yeah. We'll, we'll just stick together and it'll be fine. It'll all work out. <laughs> and like one move and that's it. And But it's fine. It, it works for me. It's okay. Yeah. I've come to terms with it. So, all right. So that actually is like a nice segue because we don't always have a good segue, but that's a perfect segue to um, this episode's therapist problems because, you know, we were just talking about like the whole sort of getting stuck in your head. Mm, Yeah. Which to me, in some ways that's, you know, we talked about awareness and to me, like at its sort of base level, that's a little bit of what it is. It's like, get out of your head, get in your body. Right. That's it. 
And so as a therapist, and frankly, long before I was a therapist, I'm always in my head. Like, sure. I'm just, I'm a think thinker, right? Yeah. I, I really am. Like, I, <laughs> I'm always thinking things. I have a lot to say. But I spend a lot of time just sort of mulling things over, which is totally great at work because it means I'm constantly sort of playing through, like, clients' processes and relationships and stuff and, like, which I think helps me to do my job really well, but right. like I need to go home and, right. <laughs> and turn it off and turn it off. And so that's, you know, which I think is in fact a, we've talked about this, like sometimes therapist problems are problems that therapists have. Sometimes it's problems people want to bring to therapy today. It's a little bit of both. And I think this is something that as a therapist, my sense is that as a profession, we tend to struggle with that because yeah. a lot of the work is about, thinking through what's happening for people, coming up with solutions, coming up with an understanding or fresh perspectives, creating tools and ways for people to sort of, you know, move towards their goals. Right. And so I'm curious, which actually, this is so weird. It ties everything we just talked about together. Because I was going to say, so the one thing I know that I use to help me get out of my head and kind of like back into like the present moment or my body or just like whatever I'm experiencing is music. Like that's totally kind of my self-care, like stop thinking about things and just like tune in is I have all these random playlists. I have playlists for what I need to write. I have playlists for when I'm in a bad mood, when I need to get pumped up, all of those kinds of things. And so I was just curious, like, what do you do? Like, how do you, or what do you know other people, other therapists or just random people? Like, how do you get out of your head? Um, how do I get out of my head? So I have, I guess, a couple of tricks. One is like <laughs> when I'm coming home from seeing clients so, um, I work really far away from the office. I work like an hour from the therapy practice. So I, that drive for me is like everything. Like mm-hmm. I, that drive is, you know, a totally a space where I can decompress and I like to drive. I know lots of folks don't, but I will go for a drive if I just am feeling moody and I'll definitely go for a drive. Yeah. I'll just go for a drive. So I enjoy it. It's a place where I feel in control. (laughs) I'm in power. So, um, you know, that driving for me actually, and having that space after I see clients so that there's a space between my work life and my home life. Yeah. That really helps me to sort of say like, okay, this is, these are the boundaries. Um, And, you know, I'm not going to, think too deeply usually by that point because I see clients kind of late into the night um I'm not thinking too deeply about anything anyway my brain is starting to shut down um (laughs) so that really helps um and then also I am I'm totally gonna I'm not even gonna be able to say what the acronym stands for because I'm just gonna get it wrong but I'm a big like ASMR person. And I know I've talked a little bit about this with you. Yes, we've talked about it, not on the show, but we've talked about it before. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you, if you go on YouTube and you type in ASMR, it'll, there'll be a bunch of different videos that come up that will be totally weird to you. Just so you know. Um, but they're like, basically there's, you know, sometimes when we are listening to or watching something, we'll have that sensation in your brain where it feels like your brain is kind of like tingling. Like, kind of like if you watch somebody get a massage, sometimes it almost feels like you get some, like, shivers or tingles yourself. Um, And 
So there's all different kinds of things that will trigger it. Um, that that sensation is, and that sensation is called ASMR. Um, and so I like to put that on. Actually, one of the things I use it for is to, if I'm working and my brain is sort of like making a bunch of noise, like it kind of gives my brain something to listen to while I'm writing or while I'm like trying to think up ideas or trying to think about something that I want to do with clients or that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So it kind of helps my brain like turn the volume down because it's got something else to occupy it, but not something that's so consuming. I can't pay attention to what I'm doing. So it's like constantly on. Like I'm a total weirdo. I have hours and hours of ASMR playing all the time. It's like uh, it's like really technical uh, coffee shop sounds, basically. You know, yeah. it's like all the people who like, which I do too. Like I like the noise. Yeah, I need that background noise. Um, and so you know, people who like to work in Starbucks because you get that coffee. And you, there's actually websites you can get where like it is coffee shop sounds and then the ASMR, which for everyone who wants to know, um, you know, the power of like smartphones, uh, I, I Googled it. So I would not get the acronym, right. It's autonomous, cause I can never say that word, right. Sensory meridian response. But I, there's one website, which I totally love. Their tagline is basically sounds that feel good. Yeah. <laughs> which I think is the perfect way to describe it, but I like that. And I, I definitely have the same thing. Um, I need that background noise if I'm trying to focus. Um, yeah. And then back to your podcast recommendation, like I, music to me is all about moods. And so um, it helps, it helps me get out of my head and get back into sort of feeling what's happening because I can, I choose music based on like what I'm feeling and how I want to be feeling. So, yeah. Well, that's cool. You totally helped me with my therapist problem. Now I have something else to go check out. Um, we'll try to throw it in the show notes if people want to check out the ASMR. And um, maybe you could put your favorite playlist on there. <laughs> I can do that. I can do that. I have a couple of play. Like, okay, so as long as the, the caveat is no judging, you cannot judge. <laughs> no judging. No judge free zone. Yes, you can't judge my musical taste, but if. Everyone promises not to judge. I will totally post a couple of my favorite, like, Spotify playlists, like what I like to listen to. Sweet. Um, and when I like to listen to them. All right. So if you want to find out, like, what's coming up next or check out some old episodes, maybe you're a first-time listener, check out estherboykin.com backslash podcast. You can also get all the same links and great details at conversationsoffthecouch.com backslash podcast. That's our awesome Uh, It's a division of actually our private practice that does lots of like fun social events and retreats and cool, fun stuff. Yeah. It's like this podcast, but in real life where you get to hang out with us. Yeah. (laughs) More or less. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, check it out and we'll be excited to be back for the next episode. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.